0: Beautiful people, welcome to the Courage to Change, a recovery podcast. My name is Ashley Loblassingame, and I am your host. And I am here with the beautiful, magnificent, wonderful Christiana Kimick. Hello, that's so sweet. <laughs> we are here. I have no idea what episode it is. It's episode 70. It's episode 70. I'm just showing up. I'm suiting up, showing up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you may have noticed that our episode's a little late, it's because we have been on vacation.
0: Well, I had kids on mine, so let's call it a trip.
1: <laughs> <laughs> mine was actually kind of a trip because we only took well, we took two days off. That's awesome. Um, but no, we were me and Ash went like straight north. I was in Montana, you were in Idaho. It was great.
0: It was great. But we got a little behind on episodes because there is just so much to do. <laughs> we were juggling. So we're back ready back except for you (laughs) i mean i didn't know if that was gonna be a cough or a sneeze it turned out to be a yawn i don't know what's thought you were
1: gonna burp so i was like yeah no
0: no no, i don't i that was very confusing i didn't know what was (laughs) happening i didn't know what was happening it turned out to be a yawn just thinking about my trip made me tired (laughs)
1: <laughs> that was an adventurous trip. If everybody doesn't follow Ashley on her social media, you can go and look at her beautiful photos she of her and her family. Oh my gosh. You did everything you went on the lake. You hit up we someplace did. in Utah.
0: <laughs> yep, we went the way uh, up. St. George, Utah. And then we did um we went to the hot springs in Sun Valley, Idaho. And we did uh, we went on a boat. One of those like little speedboat things You're um, on, a boat. on the lake oh, I'm on a boat. and uh, we played with horses, and it was oh, yes. it was a lot of fun. It just wasn't relaxing. Like my children, mm-hmm. my children, I think, are genetically engineered. Like if there was a GMO <laughs> for unrelaxing, like an unrelaxing GMO, it was it was put into my children.
1: Your kids don't stop. They really don't. I've witnessed this. Like, like they, they some don't kids stop. slow down and like no. have like, like that little kind of like lulls where they could kind of lay down and like recharge. Yeah, no recharge. Yeah, uh, no. The blasting game kids
0: do not do that. No energizer, scary energizer bunnies. Yep, yeah, that's why you call them the Vikings. The Viking bunnies. <laughs> the Viking bunnies.
1: <laughs> this is Sparta.
0: <laughs> yeah, they they don't they don't mess around. So yeah, so it was a trip. Uh, it was a trip not a vacation not a vacation so but it was fun but anyway we're back and um back here 2020 all of it's happening i mean i don't know what all of it is i'm just waiting for whatever is going to happen next in fact if the aliens land s- start talking to us show up i'll just bake them
1: some cookies that'll be an just- upside
0: of 2020 it'll just okay totally
1: I've definitely the thing that I've learned from 2020 um, is I'm not going to sit around and wait for things to yeah. settle or change or and it just kind of I've just learned like, you know what, you got to just go forward, read a situation, figure out how to respond and just go just keep living. I mean don't stop the plans.
0: <laughs> As my sister, my sister who is not religious at all. We grew up, you know, not religious and um, mm-hmm. but like going to Catholic school, and she's like, I und- she's she kept saying this here for her. She's like, I understand how people find God because I keep saying, <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that's like, so great! Oh, so good. It was like, yeah, that'll do it. That'll do. it. And she, she said she was passing some big, big um, billboard, and it was like, "Are you depressed? Are you afraid? Do you need meaning in your life? Find Jesus." And she was like, "I was, I was looking at it a lot longer than I normally was." <laughs>
1: We passed a lot of those in Utah, actually, on the way up. It was like, do you need yeah. rest? And I yeah. was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> do I do.
0: You need a vacation? Yes. Call Jesus. I, it, I was like,
1: it didn't even reference where no. to contact no, him. No, no,
0: no, no. Just, just <laughs> a direct to source. Direct to source. But there were a lot of right. them, too. I was like, okay, I'll you call.
1: <laughs> slap a verse or something for some Anything. reference. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. come on
0: like no nope, we only got time to just tell him to call Jesus you know where to find him seriously so
1: one of my favorite movies of all time is Bruce Almighty yes and how he like shows up and Morgan Freeman as God just shows up and he's like well what do I do if I find you you know he's like oh i'm everywhere and literally just shows up in all these <laughs> crazy play- I just it Morgan Freeman plays it so perfectly and Jim Carrey i mean honestly greatest of all time i just his comedic prowess is just like, I think people think that he's just really goofy. He's an actual no, no, he's, genius.
0: His, his ability to change. So he was just doing. He just did an SNL uh, bit um, <laughs> for the first debate between Biden and Donald Trump. Oh, I missed this. Oh, yeah. Okay. Look it up. And he's Biden. And <laughs> he, the way like the, his ability to change his the the muscles in his face yes look like i mean it is it is uncanny it really is it really is it's just it's it's quite impressive why were we talking about that oh jesus take the wheel (laughs) jesus jim carrey joe biden joe biden Biden. jim carrey jesus morgan freeman morgan freeman take the wheel (laughs)
1: oh Uh, my god i always cry in that movie the very end makes me
0: cry oh my gosh and bruce almighty yes it's so
1: sweet
0: oh dear lord i know
1: i won't won't go down that
0: road but it's it's
1: kind of how i i like view my relationship with god too just really like personal and like he like sits there and like dances with him like "Mm, mm, 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 mm," and he just like totally goofs around and then he's gone and that's totally how i feel like my whole life has been it's like i just I feel like I've like heard God laugh at me before. And I, so I, whenever <laughs> well, I like, well, me too. whenever I feel like I hear that, I go, well, you created me. Like I literally say it out loud. I go, you created me. So.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. You
1: knew what you're getting into.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't have yeah, any I'm going to
1: look that up. I'm going to look up the SNL. Scale. Oh, I,
0: it's totally missed it it's awesome it's awesome oh that that debate was a complete like not even like you don't need to be political this isn't even a political conversation like i'm not saying i'm one side or the other i'm just saying that debate was a shit show like just any party watching that could see there
1: was one of my dancers posted on her instagram and she was like she was like like snickering in the background her name's nicole she shout out to nicole i love you um I forgot who, like, what news network she was watching, but, like, one of the guys that, like, got on there, he was like... Oh,
0: the dumpster fire?
1: Yes! Yeah. This debate was a dumpster fire inside of a... And I mean, a train wreck like, like, inside yeah. of a... Yeah. Was a train wreck inside of a dumpster fire yep. inside of a... And, like, she's oh, crying, so laughing.
0: So funny. The I best- watched that like, a couple he- times. Everybody's response was so good. Like, everyone just... Panning to different people, it was so fun. Like the comedic, it was so funny because people were just not able. And Chris Wallace getting upset was like a it was, was like your your third grade teacher starting yep. to yell at the class. You know, he's like, yep. "I'm now raising my voice because you are raising <laughs> your voice," which made just, me laugh even harder. I was, I was like, like "Oh my god, has completely lost control of the situation because he's." He's telling them, I now am raising my voice because I have to.
1: <laughs> and then he jumps in as the debate as a debater and I was like, mm, uh, I don't think I'm mo- I think you've gone past moderator. I was
0: like, it's all just going down oh, and, going and to hell. it's going to oh. hell. I, I was waiting for, for for Joe and Trump to just like step out from behind their their podiums and just start boxing.
1: Uh, you know I would have almost rather
0: that <laughs> <I was> like <laughs> this is, this is, this then this then is to a show. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly I was like I don't know what's gonna happen but it feels like a fight like a physical senior citizen fight <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 oh my god 2020 I just uh, like you said it's like what else but like I'm at this point I'm just like meh okay meh Jesus. I mean this
0: Take the Jesus, wheel.
1: Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I gotta love some Carrie Underwood. Thanks oh for that song. So good. Oh, that's so great. Was that Marina that said that? Tori. Tori. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just like, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> Oh, it was so funny. I mean, probably one of those you had to be there, but it was so funny. (laughs) Just the way it was not what I think because I was not what I was expecting to hear at all. (laughs) She looked at the poster for a little too long. I was staring at it a little too long.
1: She's like, if only Jesus had put his phone number.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Where do I find him?
1: 888, go god me. Oh my god. I don't know how many numbers that would be.
0: Go go god me. God. And me. Oh yeah, that's seven. It's a really brutal phone number. Go god me. Go oh god me.
1: Oh, okay. What are we? I guess talking we should about talk today? about psychological things and
0: psychological episodes. <laughs> so Jesus, take your hands off the wheel for a moment, because
1: <laughs> I'm taking it out.
0: <laughs> because we be taking over. All right, what's the what's the what's the plan for this app? Okay, so for this app, oh, I love that this app. She's like
1: getting all hip. Your your trip made you hip.
0: Oh, un- yeah, it made my hips hurt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, my butt still hurts from. Can I say butt on air? Well, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I guess say a lot
0: different. Yeah, my
1: booty hurts after uh, 18 hours in the car. But that's neither here nor there. Um, We are talking about episodes 68 with Brandon Crockett and 69 with my friend Whitney Horn. So the craziest thing is I when we were laying out the episodes, I didn't even plan to have these two together or plan to have the after the episode together. It just happened to work out that way.
0: Jesus took Um, the wheel.
1: Jesus cool. took the wheel on the adoption episodes and um Brandon was an amazing guest. Yeah, um, he was awesome. And I I want to ask you so we're we're like kind of shifting our format a little bit more to like an like an interview. And so um I definitely want to ask you some questions cuz there is a lot of stuff that stuck out on both of these interviews. We hear in a lot of our interviews not just with Brandon and Whitney about how people's skin feels too tight, you don't feel like you fit in, looking for something else, looking to feel a different way, add the adoption element on top of this. And I can imagine it kicks it up to a whole nother level. Um, Bella Baskin talks about it in episode 14. And she's also been a guest panelist for us or for Lion Rock Recovery um, with the panels that happened for National Online Recovery Day and i've actually had some personal conversations with her about it just asking her how she feels that adoption affected her her substance use how it affected her feeling at i guess out of the ordinary done, unable to fit in even within her own family and it's definitely an extra factor she's she calls it an extra layer to to everything yeah for sure um and you went to treatment you said this in in um I think both Brandon and Whitney's interviews. You went to treatment with quite a few adoptees, mm-hmm. and and you said that you really did notice that vein kind of running through, um, yeah, many adoptees. Yeah, there as well.
0: were. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely it was definitely something, you know, you noticed there were a lot of kids who had some sort of trauma. There were a lot of you know there were a lot of kids who had you know there was different use and given that I went to a lot of treatment centers, I, I got a you know a really good sample size. If you uh, you know, yep. just really, you know, I wanted to be thorough. I didn't want to mm-hmm. I didn't want to miss anything. Right. Uh and so I I saw a lot of kids who were adopted and had, that looked very complicated, like a lot of complicated feelings. Definitely another layer. Um it was interesting I was looking up some uh data on this and um, it talks, so 31% of all U S children placed in foster care are removed from their homes due to parental drug or alcohol use. And in some States more than 60%. Um, so increasingly substance abuse is an, a contribution to adoption rates. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but what was interesting was it also means, and this is just for, you know, sample size, that also means the same, sample of adopted children are already going to have a higher genetic predisposition. So that in that, in that sample, uh, for addiction, which is going to skew the numbers, but, um, you know, (laughs) I read this, I read this and scared the shit out of me. If addiction tends to run I mean, I knew it all. I, I know this already, but every time I see it, I'm like, Oh God, if addiction runs tends to run in the family, a child has a significant predisposition to face it themselves. If one or both biological parents of an adopted child were addicted, their offspring are twice as likely to abuse substances. Fucking great. Oh, my gosh. Um, But you don't have to be adopted for that to be the case. So, you know, basically, if your parents... So that adoption just adds a layer. But if you are, you know, the child... um, But it was interesting that... So you have that layer of, um, you have that layer of having to grapple with like, wait a minute. So, someone let gave me to you, and my mom gave me, you know. And I think there's a lot. I mean, I can't. I really can't imagine. I think there's a lot that goes into that. Um, and I, I was reading another study that was talking about the advent of social media has really changed the adoption adoptee world because people can find each other much more easily. And so um, that has played a big role in uh, what the adoption adopted experience is like, Mm -hmm. uh, which I thought was interesting. Like you didn't, I mean, if we go back to Whitney's story, she was like, she found paper, you know, a paper with a phone number and, you know, did a serious detective work that was unreal so impressed (laughs) serious if
1: if you guys haven't listened to that episode definitely recommend that you do but also what ashley is referencing is that um whitney and her younger sister hayden who we see a lot in the episode she talks a lot about um who has since passed away unfortunately from um we'll kind of get into that in a minute um but whitney and hayden went through a paper trail in their parents house and found hayden's birth mother like but, serious detective work though but in like order to find not
0: birth. really obvious either like she called no. the number to try to i mean it was really impressive but that's that t- type of detective work that type of motivation is not required anymore with the advent of social media so that was one thing mm. that was talking about it's really changed adoption um and typically adoption happens in the face of some issue, right? They, they, you know, there's some issue. It's not, it's not always substance abuse, but it might be related. Um, it's often related. Mm -hmm. So I think that that is a, you know, big piece of it. But I also think that just this idea that you don't, that you were given away. I mean, I think that that Mm -hmm. just this idea that you were, that you were given away could, would intrinsically make you question things. So, Um, you know, depending on how old you are, when you learn about it. I mean, I just, it's such a comp again, you know, when I saw this happen, you know, when I saw kids dealing with this in treatment, it was definitely just like, it's not something I can relate to. I mean, I can relate Mm -hmm. to a lot of things. I can try to put my, and I, I can imagine what I might feel like, but it's one of those things that I, I simply, my brain cannot stretch to understand that circumstance For myself. Um and it it seems like a, a heavy a heavy cross to bear, but at the same time, what were the alternatives? You know, sometimes those are those that's a heavier cross. So
1: Right. I, I've watched um oh now I'm gonna I think it's called Who Do You Think You Are? No. It's on TLC. Lisa Joyner, she hosts it. And there's another guy named Chris. I don't remember his last name, Hosted it as well. Um, <clears throat> she is an, op- an adoptee. And so is this this guy, Chris. And they go through – they have adoptees contacting them who yeah. are trying to find their family members. They film um, yeah. the whole process. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they find um, parents who are deceased. Sometimes they they find – and they solve some incredible stories and mysteries. And they come to them with – these pieces of stories. And there are so many people who they, they, their, their question, they're like one question that they want answered even more than, you know, the actual meeting of the birth parents is why, why did you give me away? What was that reason? Was it because, and a lot of them hold that belief across the board Was it because you didn't love me? You didn't want me? And they really want that question answered. And I mean, gosh, same thing. I I actually, I made a bad joke when I was talking with Bella and I, I had to apologize to her afterwards. I was like, I had a whole conversation with her. I was like, oh my gosh, that's like, that was so rude of me to say this. I had said something like, I felt like I was adopted when growing up with my mom because she and I are so not like each other. Like we are so different. And I felt like there's three girls in our family. I felt like I stuck out like a sore thumb. Like I was not like everybody else. I didn't like the things everybody else liked. Right. I want I had different goals, different dreams, wanted to live somewhere else. It was just weird. And so I said like, gosh, I felt like I was adopted. And then it hit me. I was like, you know, but I knew I I knew this is my family. Yeah. Right. Like even yeah. though I felt like I didn't fit in with my family, I know this is my family. And like, I forgot what made me say it. It was it was within context of something we were talking about. And then I was just like, oh, my gosh, I am so sorry. It never hit me till now how absolutely devastatingly rude that is to somebody who is actually adopted and who is like whose experience, whether you had a great by what did what did Whitney call him? Her, fa- she said her family and then her bio family. Yeah, her so her bio family is is her family, or no?
0: I'm her turning family it is her family, her bio her family,
1: family, genetic her bio family is is the genetic family, right? So the birth family, um, you know whether or not there's a good relationship there or not. I was like, God, that's the rudest comment that I just made. Like that, just it's so dismissive of an adoptee, like an actual adoptee's feelings on how they must feel. And so we had like a whole chat about it. And she's like, don't worry. Like, I totally understand where you're coming from. Thank you for apologizing. And I just was like, wow, like that was a great learning experience for me just to be a little more sensitive to where people are at and what their journeys have been. And like not to just make like a, like that's not a good joke.
0: I think it's a great experience to have stuff like that where you just, you have that um, eye-opening you're like, gosh, I really don't know what that like. I use that term, and I have no idea.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I couldn't even pretend to understand. I mean, I think that yeah. you know, we live in a culture that does not allow people to make mistakes and then grow from them. Like they want us to all be born yes. woke and, you know, born without prejudice, born without these things. And I, you know, I all, you know, they. People talk about like, oh, intrinsically, you you know, if your life looks like this, then you are – you have to have, you know, belief systems like this because you don't know any better. And that's a perfect example of like, okay, so you have that experience to learn from. Like you shouldn't be uh, demonized for that. So I think it's an awesome thing, you you know, and you got to tell her you're sorry and then you got to have a conversation about it. Like that is the most human Interaction there is like that is the the essence of connection with another person and learning and growth like right there,
1: yeah yeah it it was good and I I felt like I felt like I felt like I really I actually grew as a person from that conversation and just from like as soon as I I said it like I she didn't even make a face or anything she was so gracious about it I just was like (gasps) like it just hit me and I was like wow okay so that really helped me change my language you know the same as um you know any. Anything else would make you kind of change your language. So that was good. And and um, I want to ask you a few questions. But first, I wanted to see, was there anything about these episodes that like stood out to you that you kind of wanted to like share any insight with listeners about?
0: Um, I don't know if it's insight. <laughs> uh, with Brandon, it was interesting to me, like we're talking about this, and it was interesting to me how relatively unaffected he was by his adoption. Yes, uh, I thought that was really interesting. and yes. um, I wondered if, in part that so he grew up it sounded like he grew up in a pretty Jewish community, mm-hmm. and he is black, and his family's black. So I wonder if it was like he didn't have the chance to feel other because mm-hmm. like i'm I'm totally making this up, like hypothesizing here, but maybe because they, they were different together. Like he and his family were different together. Um, I don't know, or maybe that he just wasn't into, didn't want to talk about it. You know, maybe that that's entirely possible as well. Um, but I thought it was really interesting. It's not a big part of his story. Um, you know, he happens to be adopted and Mm -hmm. not like I'm an adopt, you know, I was adopted like as forefront. So that was really interesting. And, um, I don't know that there's real insight there. I just thought it was interesting. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Whitney and, uh, her, you know, her sister Hayden who passed, uh, you know, I, I, I thought a lot about parenthood and a lot about, um, what I would feel like in both scenarios, like talk. So Whitney talked a lot about how you can't, you're told that you're a gift. You're told that you were chosen, that you're told that you're special, which is all the things that are true. Like when I think of, you know, adopting a child like that, that is true. Like I out, I went out and found, you, you know, this was, mm-hmm. I, this was not an easy situation. I actually, uh, it took motivation and pursuit and how you're told that as the kid, and so you're made to feel like you should be grateful when you don't really understand why you should be grateful, right? You don't right. know what the home life was or what addiction is or what any of the circumstances. Like you have none of that information. So mm-hmm. you're told you should be grateful, but you don't know why. And that you're also told that like your biological parent gave you up, but that's not how other kids are. You know, you, this, you're given this mm-hmm. information that is so heavy. And I just wonder, I wonder if, you know, in 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, we're going to figure out a best practice for how to do that. That is really aware of how the best, you know, has the best way to give that information and then to provide the resources to back it up. Because what I heard was an impossible situation right and yeah. not because anyone was doing anything wrong but because how could a child not feel that way how could they not and by not allowing them to process through those feelings of like yeah i'm grateful i love you but why did my mom give me up for adoption like not allowing that to be the conversation yeah um and then the article uh, the the poem was it a poem or a paper that Hayden the sister Whitney's sister, younger sister wrote that won yeah, an she award. Wrote a,
1: like a like a short story a short is what story she wrote.
0: that won an award that basically talked about her being a gift right and and mm-hmm. and it spelled out the narrative people wanted to hear
1: mm-hmm. but then Whitney that was interesting because Whitney said the only person that Hayden ever talked to her true feelings about about adoption was Whitney. So they as sisters yeah. only confided in each other about adoption, yeah. no one else, because they could understand. And she when she read the paper, she's like, this is not what she says to me. <laughs>
0: right. But because Whitney she, had generally
1: positive feelings about it, but Hayden right. had generally negative.
0: But she and they were not biological siblings. Right. Um and so I I just found Two people totally um, dif- handled it differently, but what's interesting also about that is, and again, you, we could get wrapped up in this, you know, psychological masturbation forever. But <laughs> you know, the uh, the to me was interesting is so Winnie didn't, you know, didn't take it as di- like as a negative thing. The way I mean, she certainly had feelings, but she didn't take it as a negative thing. And mm. Hayden did, and. Whitney's mother was forced to give her up and uh, because of her age and and she didn't want to give the baby up. She didn't want to give Whitney up, but she was literally forced. Like at her age, at that time, you went away to have a baby and you did not have a say in whether or not you kept the baby. And that was really interesting that the difference between a baby – like The outcome of a baby that was wanted versus the baby that wasn't, and I know that feels kind of silly and woo woo, but like I, I, I I I think think cellularly, when you are, you know, when you're in somebody's body and you're, you're growing and all those things, and you know, stress hormones and and all the things that somebody goes through versus what Whitney's mom went through, which was really loving and wanting this child, just not being able to do it, not, not being, being powerless. That was really interesting how that both of those situations turned out. And, um, you know, one also may be a, a more direct result of substance abuse. Um, so, but the, um, so I think that getting that information is traumatic and trauma is the greatest predictor of future addiction um especially mm. when it comes to childhood. So uh, I think that if you if you know adolescence in terms of addiction treatment, surveys have shown that 70% of adolescents in addiction treatment had a history of trauma. So that's pretty significant. I think that being adopted is a can be a traumatic experience. It might be a good it- experience or a better experience, but I think it is a traumatic experience.
1: And I think it's interesting what you were just talking about because you were highlighting Whitney and her birth mom wanting her and not wanting to give her up but being forced to give her up. And on the flip side, her sister Hayden comes to find out that her birth mom gave her up willingly but also had a lot of mental health issues and abandoned the multiple children that she had had before. And they'd gone through a lot of really bad stuff. And then on top of that, Hayden had another trauma when she and Whitney uh, went detective finding, you know, her birth. This was Hayden's birth mom that they were finding out her number. And in the episode, Whitney talks about how um, they'd want they found the number, wanted to call. Hayden said she's not ready to and apparently went and called the number that night, actually talked to her birth mom. And she said, I'm really glad you called. Um, I, you know, I have to go, but um, I'll give you a call back in a few days Um, because she'd made some reason up. She had to do something. And then it had been a few days and Hayden hadn't heard back. So she called the number again and it was disconnected. So on top of that rejection, yeah, that you know, I we can only imagine, right? Because yep. just as you're were saying, we're, we we haven't felt those emotions. We don't know what that's like specifically as an adoptee, but it was very clear that Hayden was carrying a lot of rejection, yeah, a lot of hurt, a lot of anger, abandonment from her birth mom. And then, I I would have been crushed. And she was a kid. I think she was when like she didn't tell grade. anybody. And she didn't tell anybody, so she's carrying that all on her own. Yeah. Um. It, it just it, – there is another aspect of Hayden's story. As Hayden and Whitney grew, both of them – Whitney opened up about struggling with an eating disorder. And Hayden, which I knew because I actually grew up with both of them for a, a long time, um, about nine years I think I was with them, um – Hayden started struggling with substance abuse, so I knew that to a degree. There were a lot of you know kids in high school experiment with stuff. Um, I ended up working with Hayden um it was at the time that she was stealing clothes, which I also did not I didn't know that she was struggling with that at all. but I think it hit me as I was hearing Whitney talk about everything that that Hayden was struggling with at that time. she'd be heavy into substance use, heavy into alcoholism, um heavy into. I, I, stealing things I guess I don't know she, if you, kleptomaniac. She if she's yeah. a kleptomaniac yeah okay so that's what it's called um I mean stealing like thousands of dollars worth of clothes and I had no I, I'm I had a good eye for things I had no clue this was going on um when we were working together in the same store I guess it just and I'd love your insight on this I had no idea as a gosh how old would I have been Hayden was 18 so I was 19 As a 19-year-old and even younger when we were in youth group together, um, I had no idea she was in the amount of pain she was in. I had no idea she was in the amount of trouble she was in. Hayden put on, she was very bubbly, very outgoing, very happy, Um, and it seemed genuine to me at the time. Um, Not saying that that wasn't her, you know, as a person because she was just a very sweet, forgiving um person who loved her friends really 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 loved her friends and i guess i i just again it baffles me because i look back and after hearing whitney talk about things so in depth which i i'd never heard um you know to that degree i didn't know she was in so much pain and i guess i'd love to hear from your perspective like how do you identify someone who is like struggling to that degree but is also putting on this like, I mean, she put on a good front and a good, brave face. And I'm I'm not calling her like fake by any means. She, I really loved her as a person. She was a fabulous person. But obviously covering up the amount of pain she was in. I guess, can you give any like signs, signals, symptoms so that people can kind of watch out for somebody who actually needs help and can be there for them? Yeah,
0: I I mean I can try. I think if you don't struggle with the same thing, it's going to be very hard. If you're not if someone is struggling with substance abuse and you have not had that experience, you don't have that personal experience, it's going to be very very difficult to reach them because unless you've had that experience, I mean it's it's akin to um people coming back from from Iraq or from war. They appreciate that people want to support them. But if you haven't seen or been where they've been or felt what they've felt or had their experience, they don't open up to you typically. They're not it's the 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 ability to it's just not that that the ability to connect there. So I I almost find it to be much more makes much more sense to try to connect them with someone who's been there and gotten through it and can offer, you know, that insight of of experience because the reason that they put up that wall that, you know, bubbly blah 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 facade is to keep you out. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they good. we get really good at that. I mean, yeah. theoretically uh until we don't and so, we don't want you in. we we're, we're not interested. We don't want your help. we We don't want you to help us. We're not interested. And so I think i, I it's it's kind of a hard thing to say because I know people want to be supportive. Um, but again, if you haven't experienced it, my experience is that we're not really open to that at all. Mm-hmm. That's why, I like family led interventions, people call me, and they're like, "Can you help me?" Uh, do an intervention for my family. Walk me through it. I'm like, family-led interventions are a mess. You guys don't understand, and they know it. They don't. They don't, yeah. don't want to hear from you. They don't. You know, they know you're sorry. They know you want to help them and that kind of thing. But you don't get it. Yeah. The, and and we all need somebody. You know, we all need and want somebody who's going to get it, whatever it is. Ah, uh, so in terms of like signs and symptoms, things like that. Again, it's kind of like training your eye to know what to look for. Um, be you know, it makes total sense to me that you wouldn't have been able to, you wouldn't see it because your eye is not looking for inconsistencies. But that I, I, I would say, you know, when people are struggling with substance use, there's inconsistencies. Stories don't totally make sense. Um, uh, moods are kind of up and down or strange. Uh, like there's just weird, there's, there's something there that you can't totally explain or wrap your art. Like the words, you know, there, it's like watching one of those Kung Fu movies, you know, like the, the words and the mouth are not speaking at the same time. there's something going mm-hmm. on, there's a delay and that's the kind of stuff you'll start to see, you'll start to notice, um, you know, someone's like. There was a, a a woman I knew who I went to college with who she like never had enough time to shower and but like she definitely had time, or she was always running out of money but she made enough money or uh like she always was passing out places and was like I don't know maybe I have a disorder you know like it just like you know you just start to accumulate different things and um. I think that's the best way, but I, again, stories not adding up is, is going to be your biggest, is going to be your biggest thing, like disappearing, um, kind of like sketchy stories, not adding up. Those are going to be your biggest hints. And, you know, I, you, you said like, how do you support, you know, or something to the effect of like, how do you support people? And I think you just get curious about what's going on with people. Just get, Mm -hmm. just be curious. You don't, I don't think it's like, how do I support you? I think it's just be curious in what's going on with you. What's your life? Tell me about getting to know you. And if you're genuinely curious about someone and you genuinely seek to connect with them, that is probably the fastest, best way to try to figure out what's going on with them. And they may or may not let you in. Um, But if you show yourself to be genuinely curious – Um, you know, maybe when they need somebody, you'll be there. Maybe, maybe they know, you know, that you're trusted and that you can, you'll, you're the person to call, you know, I have a a really weird story for you. I, you know, was, was what we call kidnapped. Um, (laughs) um, when I was, God, I was like 13 or 14, 15. I don't remember. I don't remember how old was when that happened. I think you were 15. 15. Remember okay. Yeah, graphic. yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And um, and so uh, graphic details aside, like I end up at this house and um, I end up running away from the house. Um, I wake up. I'm in this house. I'm like, this is no bueno. I leave the house and I'm running and I just run for as far as long as I can. I end up at a Safeway and I find a payphone. And I... I cannot remember a single phone number. And this was at the time where we didn't have – like you didn't have the cell phone, so you knew everybody's phone number by heart. Mm -hmm. I could not remember a single phone number except for a friend I had in middle school who I hadn't spoken to in years. My brain only remembered – this one friend and it was a phone. It was a landline that was in her bedroom. My so, uh, you know, like her personal, you remember when we had landlines and it was her oh, yeah. personal landline in her room. So like if she wasn't, it wasn't even like it rang to the whole house. Like if she wasn't in her room, this phone wasn't being answered, but it was the only phone number I could remember. So, um, you know, if I had, even if I had gone in and asked them to call somebody for me, like at the Safeway I wouldn't have known, I wouldn't have had anybody for, the, you know, any phone numbers for them to call. And wow. so this was the one number. And I, I she answered and <laughs> poor poor girl, I'm like, you know, I told her who I was and, and I was like, I haven't talked to you in years. And I know this is really weird, but this is what happened. And I need you to call my parents. And this was at like five in the morning, something ridiculous. And oh some, some early and godly So she probably woke up in bed. But I always think back to that, like, here's this person who my brain remembered as like the safe person to call of all the phone numbers of all the things like somewhere in the deep recesses of my brain, that was a person who was safe to call because here's the thing. I would have called nobody over Mm -hmm. calling somebody who I felt was unsafe. I would have I would have waited there till my brain recovered and I remembered something or I would have, you know, called the police or whatever. Like I would have, I would not have been willing that level of humility of saying like, this is what happened. I need your help. I would not have done that. I would have suffered instead of doing that. But for some reason I was willing to do that with her. And she was always a person that I felt safe. Like relatively safe with. She did not understand what I was going through. She did not relate. She was always, you know, not getting in trouble. I don't know if that, you know. I don't know if that's goody two shoes or not. It's probably just like normal. Um, <laughs> but she was not getting in trouble and not doing the things I was doing, but just kind to me. And I think that one of the ways that you can be there for people is just to be kind to them because they're not being kind to themselves. They don't think nice or good things about themselves and the world is not being kind to them about it. So the best way is to show up and be compassionate, loving, to model behavior and to be a safe place for people and try to connect them with other people who have experienced what they've experienced.
1: That's really amazing advice. It takes that um, kind of savior complex away, which is something that I personally struggle with because I want to just save everybody, even yeah. though, I mean, honestly, before Lion Rock, I had like meh, very little knowledge about substance abuse or anything. I mean, I, not enough to help anybody, you know, or even right. direct somebody in a good in a good direction um, to get some help. So that's so, so helpful. I love how you put that. Get curious. That doesn't mean you need to know everything. That doesn't mean you need to have all options for them. You know, just get curious. I think that's what people want in the first place anyways is just to be heard and kind of understood. Yep. That's so powerful. And um,
0: People underestimate, truly underestimate. I see this in business a lot. People truly underestimate the power – and the need for people to just be truly heard. Yep. And it's really interesting to to I see this in um I see and I'm seeing it a lot in business school um in different interactions or things where people uh you know just situations where it's like this where where there's a struggle and I come in and I just h- allow the person to be heard and the struggle evaporates and everyone thinks it's mm-hmm. magic. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's therapy. Uh, it's But it it really, like in my negotiation class, it's insane. It's insane. But people don't recognize, they don't realize that just the absolute power of hearing someone without – any, yeah, but this, that, blah, 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 blah. No, I hear you. That sounds really painful. I would be really bummed. And I think that's kind of goes back to the adoption thing. Instead of Mm -hmm. saying what, what I think a lot of people say is like, oh, you were chosen, you're loved, you're this, you're that. I think what really adopted kids probably need to hear. And again, I, you know, I am not, I'm not adopted. So I, I, I cannot speak from experience, but what I think They would need to hear is like, that sounds really painful. That sounds like a really confusing thing to grow up with and to be told. That sounds like Mm -hmm. a complicated web to be caught in between bio and family. That, Mm -hmm. you know, and I would just, I think that's true. I think that's, I, I think there's nothing wrong with just saying, yeah, that sounds really painful. Yeah. even if you got a family that loves you unconditionally that gave you everything in the world i think it's yeah. still painful i it's so hard i think so often we want to make we want to make it pretty you know we want i do we want to say you know like yeah but look at the bright side look at the this side look at the this and sometimes you just got to sit with the not you know sit with the bullshit sit with the yucky yeah. icky sticky feelings first and then move on. But it's you know, I'm a I'm a problem solver, so I like to I like to move as quickly as humanly possible past <laughs> the uncomfortable <laughs> feelings. Like I like to zoom past them and hit that problem-solving piece, but I in order to recover, I have had to learn to stop and say, "No, like this was painful. This sucks. Yeah. I don't like it." Um and I think it, with adoption, we should be changing our tune around that. I mean, I'm sure plenty of people do, but I think that would be very useful.
1: Wise words from ALB. (laughs) We just need to collect things that you say and put them in a book. Who would buy it? Tell us. We will start doing it immediately.
0: I know my mom would buy it. (laughs)
1: But I also know
0: she wouldn't read it.
1: (laughs) She's like, I'm going to support you, but not read. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Exactly. She's like, I'm going to support you, but not so much that I have to hear your words of wisdom. (laughs)
1: Lovely, Hillary. She's the best. (laughs) Well, um, do you have anything else to add? I don't have any more questions for you.
0: Um, I do not have anything else to add. Um, I just want to say, I don't think I've talked about, so we did, uh, the panel, the celebrity panel, um, a couple weeks ago. I don't know. I don't know what time is anymore. And
1: September 22nd at 2 PM is whenever it came on. You can view it now on Lion Rock Recovery, Facebook and YouTube.
0: YouTube, uh, With Danny Trejo, Jody Sweeten, and Gabby Bernstein. And we had just a really rad conversation about different things as they relate to recovery, as they relate to 2020, as they relate to gratitude, triggers, uh, God. I mean, it was a really dynamic, robust Mm -hmm. conversation. And, you know, obviously with people of note. And that was fun. And I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who came out and listened, um, you know, live or otherwise, and sent me notes and emails and messages and uh, really grateful for the support. Gr- glad that it was useful, that it was, mm-hmm. you know, um, useful for people, that they got a lot out of it. Um, we had some just really audience questions, really raw Amazing audio questions, audio audience questions that were clearly <laughs> from people who really wanted to get better and were seeking wisdom. I, I just was really impressed. Yeah. So um, yeah, and thank you for all the hard work that you put into that, and the the whole team has put in. So that was really cool. And um, National Online Recovery Day seemed to be a hit, and I'm sure next year it'll be equally a hit. So yay for 2020. You got a win. You're not, <laughs> I wouldn't say you're winning, but you got a win in the win column. Um, so that was cool. I needed a win for 2020.
1: That's awesome. And you did an incredible job moderating. I mean, it it just, it seemed like you've been doing this your whole life. So it, it just was fabulous. You did an absolutely incredible job, picked the right questions and um, I think you really brought out the best in all three panelists. And it, I mean, man, what a what a terrific panel it was, you know, with with um just the diversity on it. And I mean, as much as I loved hearing from Gabby Bernstein and Jody Sweeten, of course, is fantastic. Um, Danny Trejo, man, he is a character. He is fantastic funny and insightful like I went from laughing to wanting to cry with some of the things he was saying because it just touched me so deeply and I just was like I saw like Jody getting like you know I don't know if she's getting choked up but she was getting emotionally moved
0: I was getting choked up I was gonna cry I was literally giving myself a pep talk because when Jody said to Danny about talking about her father who was in prison, the same prison, and killed in a prison riot, and how, like, that could have been you know, this whole thing. I yeah. literally was mantra Ashley, you cannot cry right now. Ashley, oh you gosh. cannot. I was so oh moved by it, and <laughs> I was like, Don't <laughs> cry, don't blow it, Loeb, don't blow it. <laughs> it was That's really, amazing. yeah, I was like, Oh my, I felt like we were like, you know, th- they're interacting, and they're. Um, Yes, uh, but so what you're saying is that I'm ready to replace Chris Wallace.
1: Um, I think you would have done a hell of a better job than he would have done. <laughs> Absolutely, but I never would wish putting you I in the, that. In I the appreciate, moderate. Experience. I
0: appreciate. No, I appreciate that. That that's true friendship right there. That's I like p-
1: part of my job as a producer, and then part of my role as also your friend is to make sure that I put you in a good situation. Right, right. Not like <laughs>
0: that. No, totally not fair like enough. That. I appreciate that. I just you know figured <laughs> figured I'd you know try it on for size. You but...
1: know they did call and I. Told them no, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, yeah.
0: fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> they get's because they need a UFC ref. Uh, so that
1: I know could have put somebody, back you know, oh my God, and I'm not even gonna go. I'm not even gonna go there. Joe Dear- Rogan
0: for moderator. Oh yes. Oh, I vote him
1: for yes. sure. Go, go, Joe. Go, Joe. <laughs> go, Joe. <laughs> He'd be like, Joe. I don't think so.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, you. Wait. Whoa. 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 Yeah. That's, I didn't uh, tell
1: you you could talk for that long. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's
1: amazing. <laughs> Although that's he'd be dropping F-bombs, which would be fabuloso. Which would
0: make it great. I mean, <laughs> they were calling him, <laughs> but Joe Biden called Trump a clown. I was like, oh boy. we are. And really- then did you
1: see his face? He was like, oh, uh, and I think he went, oh, I mean, that guy.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, well, I, th- I think that was, I that I don't think that was genuine. <laughs> um, But I just was like, Wow, we are calling names. Just want to say that we are calling oh, Chris God. Wallace has left the building. <laughs> Sorry, we're back he's, to the. He's debate. allowing the
1: names to be called. Oh man, God! It just shots it was, just, it was just too good a content. Totally really shot fired. You know, I used to back in the day. In order to put myself through college, I was a preschool teacher. So I would, oh, this was just a horrible oh, my time of life. But horrible. I would do a semester on in college. It was yeah. so. Traumata- like when I step into a preschool, like I went and I picked up my nephew when I was in Montana. Like I went and spent the day with him. So I picked him up from his preschool, stepping, just even walking up the ramp. And I know I'm not going to teach them. Right. I know I'm just stepping yeah. in. I was like, ah, I can't breathe. This is, not, I mean, I taught these children 12 hours a day. No, no. Don't so even I say had that. to I arrive can't. at work uh-uh. 6 a.m. No, no, no. and then it closed That's at 6 p.m. And there was always one family who, I mean, bless their hearts, they worked a ton. So they were always, I mean, I'd be there till 6 30. I mean, I was 19, 20 years old. I was so young, you know, oh God, it was, but I'd work one semester at the preschool and then I'd take a semester off of working because I'd saved a ton of money. And I, it still worked, but, like, it was just very, very part-time because I would go full-time into school. So I somehow it worked, but I saw fights in the preschool that broke up easier than that debate did. <laughs> but I also – that debate, I was like, oh, I should – like, that totally reminds me of, like, the two three-year-olds that were like, This my pencil! Oh. No! This my pencil! Savage. No, you get And then, like, just all of a sudden, like, I maybe I shouldn't put this on air, but sometimes I'd just let them smack each other for a sec because it was just like, you know, they feel better afterwards. Oh, man. And then I'm like, oh, no, 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 we don't. But <laughs> just take a quick
0: pause. <laughs> there were all these memes about toddler moms should have been the ones who were uh, moderating the debate because we had, you know, toddler oh. moms who'd been locked up. And I was like, oh, pick me. I am ready. <laughs> I am so ready. I've been training for this my whole life. Training for this. (laughs) Are you kidding? I literally have two toddlers. You have two Viking toddlers who don't stop. And I have I have moderated some of the craziest (laughs) interactions about things I never would have thought. So I don't know. I mean, and they're screaming. So it's very difficult to get a word in edgewise. <laughs> I've seen this happen. This yeah, awesome. yeah, it's real. Maybe it's I
1: should have uh, accepted the invitation for Yeah. Me. I yeah. apologize, ALD. Yeah, Next time, next yeah. time I'll give you the say in it.
0: <laughs> when Yeah. If they call the, again, whoever that they is.
1: Whoever puts it on. I don't know who we I, I, the, I the I don't know who puts that on. I don't know. It's not the White House. Now I'm going to go do some research.
0: Yeah, I don't want to speak out of turn and sound real dumb. <laughs>
1: As I'm sitting here like, does the White House do it? Oh, my God. I'm going to well, stop you, while I'm ahead. You're
0: you're humbler than I am. Humble, Humbler? More humble. <laughs> you're humbler. You're I'm the humbler, humbler person. You're, you, the hum- you are You no, are more sense. humble than I am because I was like, I'm, I don't want to say anything.
1: I'm a humble. <laughs> you, have,
0: you have humble pie.
1: I have a humble pie. Pie.
0: <gasps> that sounds so good.
1: I think I want some pie. I think I want apple pie. Oh, that sounds really good.
0: I will not stand in your way. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I think I'm
1: going to go get some apple
0: pie. <laughs> some ice cream. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm going to well. go find another salad so I can fit into <laughs> a dress. <laughs> <laughs> oh Shout out God. to Thistle. <laughs> oh, yes. Thistle's a very good. Sponsor me. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's... That's not a cheer service thistle, but- if you're looking for someone to sponsor. And hey, we can reach out. This is good food. Great food. Great yeah. salads. bomb.com.
1: Seriously, really yummy.
0: <sighs> well,
1: as we talk about food, we're digressing because we're recording this towards dinner time. So, we want to thank all of our yeah, listeners. Yeah, we've
0: completely fallen off. Absolutely. I know. Took a nose dive.
1: I, we came back from a trip, and then we took a trip with this podcast.
0: <laughs> we took a real – We took, took a hard trip. Questionable if we took an acid trip or a road trip, but it was some trip. So I think we got some good information in there for you if you're listening for like good content, and then we left you with some insane rambles. And then watch. Somebody will probably send me a harsh email saying that they started
1: craving apple pie. <laughs> That's fair. We'll see. Oh, we'll tune in next Tuesday for another amazing episode, guest episode. I use the word amazing a lot, but I I, r- mean, I mean, we I only produce
0: amazing episodes, so it's kind of hard not to, right? Totally. I mean, Am our I guests right?
1: are amazing. I mean, there is no other word for it. Well, they are, you know, fabulous and <laughs> wonderful and you know, inspiring and all those.
0: Okay, we it's, okay. We got. We got you.
1: We got. Um, you. Well, thanks, ALB, for everything. You also are amazing and tremendous and wonderful, and I adore you. So thank
0: you. For Likewise. Your <laughs> thank you. You're most welcome. We'll <laughs> see you next week or whenever the next. No, oh, hold on. We'll see you next episode, and over and out this podcast is sponsored by lionrock.life lionrock.life is a recovery community offering free online support group meetings useful recovery information and entertainment visit www.lionrock.life to view the meeting schedule and find additional resources find the joy in recovery at lionrock.life